Oh, yeah. Sir Elton John. Yes, had the privilege and pleasure of seeing him in concert in Vegas on the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Tour while I was there to cover Arkansas State UNLV. How about that for timing? was awesome. Great show, great time. And uh, I'm pretty sure that I picked up uh, a couple girlfriends while I was there uh, that were roughly in their 70s. Uh, They were very friendly, over-friendly at times. But, uh, but hey, had a, had a great time. <laughs> oh, shoot. Welcome back to the show, RWRC Radio. Listed and sold by Dustin White Realty live here in the Unico Bank Studios uh, right here on 96.9, 95.3, and AM 970. Yeah, it's the ticket. It is Northeast Arkansas Sports Station, and it's going to be a busy one. Yeah, I, I told you. High school football coverage. Going to be a lot of it going on here. And uh, it's an 1812 Pizza Company throwback Thursday. And, of course, speaking of high school football coverage, about to uh, go talk to my man here uh, on the Back in Action Hotline, my man Chris Hutchison, Region 8 Sports Director. What up, dude? My brain hurts. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> From all these previews. <laughs> hey, you're, you're already well ahead of me, brother, because you that means you have one. <laughs> so... You're ahead of me, man. Uh, I know, listen, you and I are very similar in the fact that after you cover so much preseason stuff that you're finally like to the point where it's like, okay, can can we have something real? Like, can, can we have something that we can talk about that's real? Can we actually talk about, I don't know, some stats, some performances, some records, you know, things like that, rather than, well, Coach, uh, what do you think about the upcoming season? Oh, Coach, how was practice number 12 today? You know, uh, because really, truly, Chris, you know this, there's nothing like being present at a game, getting to cover it, getting to, getting to smell the, the food cooking, getting to hear the action, and uh, there's, there's really, truly nothing like it. And almost getting hit by players and things like that. Oh, so you're saying you don't want to? So you're saying you don't want to talk about practice? Yeah, man, about we talking about practice. You don't want to talk about practice? Okay. Uh, yeah. After a while, it's like like after a while, there's so many questions you can ask about the team. Now, the good thing, the flip side is, on the high school side, is I always get different answers. So it seems like it's the same questions I'm asking. You know players and coaches but it's very rarely you get the same answer because you no know, especially right here in northeast arkansas it's like everybody's in a everybody entering 2021 is in a different boat you've got you know some state title contenders around here you've got some teams that want to make the playoffs you've got some teams that just want to rebuild and kind of get to a good place and then you have just some teams that are just trying to like you know keep above water so that is the one thing that's been different about these previews and especially with things kind of being back to normal, but not all the way because, you know, COVID and everything like that, you know, I'm sure maybe masks and things like that may be in play, but it seems a little bit more normal this year compared to last season. Oh, there, there's no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt. And, and I, I think we're all going into this thing overly cautious, 
you know, uh, still kind of timid about it just from the standpoint of it's it's that old waiting on the other shoe to drop uh, scenario. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, for me, I'm just hoping and praying for a, a safe and exciting season uh, in the world of high school football, of course, collegiately, of course, also in the world of of the NFL, just sports in general. And, and Chris, you, you and I probably know this better than most, but it, it definitely changes your world when sports are kind of taken out of the equation, you know, <laughs> for, for us uh, being be, creatures yeah. of habit, you know, it kind of changed uh, everything for us. Perfect example is like last year when everything went down with COVID. And I think when the, like the tornado came through, mm-hmm. through Jonesboro, I was a news reporter for two and a half weeks. <laughs> I didn't mind it. It was just weird. <laughs> I didn't mind it at all because, like, well, I'm, 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 I'm like, I mean, it could be a whole lot worse. I mean, I, I'm still happily employed, so nothing wrong <laughs> with that. I'm definitely blessed and thankful for that. But it's like, after a while, it's like, yeah, I want to kind of cover sports again. So whenever sports came back, I just kind of went all in. It's like, okay, we're going to do as much as we can and just be – happy and thankful and grateful we have each kind of day proceeding the next so like even while doing the previews i had this weird feeling in the back of my head i was like okay i hope things don't get shut down obviously things haven't knock on all the wood possible but it is just being thankful i mean grateful that's kind of been a that's been kind of a theme for a lot of these teams high school teams i've uh, i've you know had a chance to, to travel and see it's like they're just happy to play. Like they're just happy and grateful. Kind of like how last year was where there were so many unknowns last year compared to this year. Last year it's like, are you going to have a season? This year it's can we have a season safely and have everything kind of go smoothly? So that's a little bit of the difference between 2020 and 2021. Well, I tell you what, Chris, let's let's talk. Let, let, let's talk. I, I want you to to go ahead and preview uh, this week's FFN. And I know you guys have put in a ton of work uh, getting these previews together and, and getting ready for uh, this week. But uh, kind of chat it up. Uh, let the listening and viewing fam know what they're going to get on FFN uh, this week. Gratuitous plug time. We actually we have an FFN preseason special airing tonight. Perfect. 10-15, K-I-T, K-I-T.com. Regionate News app. I think we're also on like a bunch of other streaming devices. Probably a Roku stick. I think we're on that too. But hey, uh, we'll preview 6A, 5A, 4A, 3A, and 2A teams. So from JHS all the way to McCrory, we have you covered in terms of previews. So in case you missed any of the ones we've done over the last three weeks, we've kind of condensed it all into a 20-minute program to kind of get you a nice little no-huddle to get you ready for the season. Uh FFN kicks off uh, Friday night, 1015, K-A-I-T, K-A-I-T-8.com, Region 8 News app. Our game of the week, we're going to go small school. Cross County is at Harrisburg for our FFN game of the week. The reason I chose that game, for folks that don't know, it is an, uh, one of the more underrated rivalries mm-hmm. in our area. The Thunderbirds and Hornets did not play last year because of COVID-19, so it's a re- it's a revival of a rivalry. So I'll, I thought that was a really interesting angle to go with there. Uh, Logan Whaley will cover that matchup, have highlights and post-game reaction, have you covered. Some of the other games we're getting. I am shooting JHS. The Golden Hurricane faced Little Rock Catholic. As always, Randy Coleman seems to, to put together a murderer's row of a schedule, a non-conference <laughs> before 6A East play. 
This is no difference with the Rockets coming to town. I'm also going to Valley View. Valley View's got a really intriguing game for folks that have not seen this. They're playing South Haven, Mississippi at home. South South Haven plays in 6A football. So Valley View, a 5A Arkansas team, is playing a team from Mississippi's highest classification. South Haven's a really solid team year in and year out. They always have a couple D1 players, so it's going to be a really good test for the Blazers. So I'm also shooting that game. We're also shooting GCT at Westside, Nettleton at Blyville, Brooklyn at Gosnell, Southside at Pocahontas, Malden at Kennett. I always try to go get like oh, one man. Missouri game. So we're going to go over to Kennett. The Indians have had a really good run these last couple years. They, they start off the season with the Delta Bowl. We're also going to have our, our fine friends at WMC in Memphis are going to shoot win at Marion. So we'll have highlights of the Yellow Jackets and Patriots. Uh, also getting help from Little Rock. Newport has quite an interesting game for week one. The Greyhounds are in War Memorial Stadium to start the season. They're going to play Prescott. Mm-hmm. So we could see those team, both teams expected to really make some deep runs at the playoffs. We'll also have uh, Earl at Manila, Walnut Ridge at Highland, and Hoxie at Cave City. Not a prompter right there. I just had a giant list of games in front of me. So hopefully Wow. That is now that is a list, my friend. That is a list, and that is uh, that that is absolutely uh, absolutely incredible. And and I know for you, Chris. I mean, this is this is nothing new for you. Um, but I also know that if you're like me, you definitely no longer take just getting to go cover a game for granted. Just getting to go cover a practice for granted. You, you putting together these previews for the big preview show tonight. I mean, you don't take any of that for granted now uh, based on what we faced a year ago. Exactly. And when there was so much unknown, it's like, do we even have a season? And especially in our industry, to go really inside baseball on everybody at home, like you and I knew folks mm-hmm. that last year impacted them so much they were out of the business altogether. Mm-hmm. I have friends that like were in the industry that are still scrambling to find jobs now. That's how much 2020 really impacted sports across the board. So absolutely, like I'm not taking any of this for granted. It's just like at the end of the day, I think I've told you this a long time ago. I've told like plenty of friends and family. At the end of the day, we are getting paid to go watch games for free. There are so many people that would do anything to be in that pick, to be in that position. So I've, I've kind of, you know, like for as long as you've known me, I've kind of always had that approach anyway. It's like at the end of the day, we're getting to go to games for free mm-hmm. and getting paid to go talk about the games. So who got it better than us? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot, brother. Today's Calmer Solutions Hot Topic of the Day. And uh, you've been a lot of places and seen a lot of games. Which school has the best home field advantage in Northeast Arkansas high school football? It's going to be a 1A and 1B on this one, and it's two places that people may have not thought about. Now, if we're going old school, Rivercrest Cotton Patch would have won by default. Yes. If we're going old school division. Yes. Right now, Wynn and Batesville. Been it's to both. really hard to win there. It's really hard to win at both places. We'll go win first just because, I mean, they had a, like an outstanding year last year, especially with them being 5'8", where they're located. Every school, with the exception of Forest City, you're going at least one hour to go to win, go to Yellow Jacket Stadium. 
and the atmosphere is always just always hyped there. Like it's always a packed house, and you always have folks on the kind of the outside looking into the fence. So always got to give love to those folks too. But it's always an interesting vibe there. It's always hard to win there, and especially the early games of the year. You go to win, it's going to be hot. Hotter there than in other places in Northeast Arkansas. And then Batesville Pioneer Stadium is kind of like one of the like one of the the venues that's been around for a very very long time, and they've the Pioneers have always had a good home record. I don't know what it like. They've always had really good teams, and it's always a hike for teams to get to Pioneer Stadium. Everybody in the <laughs> conference, it's always a really long road trip to go there. So I would go those two venues just for it's really hard to get to. Oh, than, well, that, and like, I'll tell you, Batesville, of the fan yeah, base and things like that. Yeah, Pioneer Stadium is nestled back too. If you if you don't know where you're going, you'll you'll get lost. Like if you don't know where you're going, where it's located, you will easily get lost there uh, as well. And, and of course, and you mentioned when, and I've uh, covered many a games there at Win, and of course, home of the Delta Swarm, and uh, very very good. And and I'll tell you this, Chris, and and I know you'll agree with this. One of my favorite things about the atmosphere on a Friday night in Northeast Arkansas at a football stadium is watching the kids. Most most stadiums, most fields have, you know, the track around them. And I love seeing the the future, the future, the kids that are, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 in, in their jerseys and running around and throwing a football and and all of this, and of course, they're they're mimicking and acting like the current crew that's out there, and they've got their favorite players. I love that. I love seeing the future running around, and I'm old enough now that I've seen the future running around, and then seeing them play as well. Uh, something about that is so surreal and, and so pure uh, at the high school level. I love seeing it. And then seeing them take off and just seeing where they are now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like next level, perfect. Like perfect example. You and me going to to, to a state practices and mm-hmm. seeing Cam Turner at Rivercrest, mm-hmm. Anthony Switzer from Marion, and all the NEA guys now playing with the Red Wolves. And then you've got guys like Terry Wells from Wynn and Jashad Stewart at JHS yep. looking to crack the depth chart at Arkansas. And so it's fascinating seeing all these guys come through here. And making it big on the next level, wherever that happens to be. I mean, it doesn't have to be D one. I mean, like, like, I mean, Demilon Brown killing it at Arkansas Monticello, mm-hmm. or a Rivercrest guy who did everything. So it's awesome to kind of see all these guys from the years, you know, make it big in college football and kind of make a name for themselves. And like you and I got to see them on Thursdays and Friday nights in Northeast Arkansas. So. Yeah, it's from August to November, so it's beautiful to see. It is. It's it's incredible. It it absolutely is is incredible. Well, let's talk about this game of the week, Harrisburg Cross County. I I have friends on both staffs. Um, it, it is it is, and I love I love how you kind of coined it, the revival of the of a rivalry. I, I love that. I, I think that 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 should be a, a something that you coin and 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 use definitely uh, on the show on on Friday night because uh, it is it, like you said there there are people um, that aren't that don't aren't really that familiar with that game. It is very much a rivalry. Highway one, they are separated by fifteen minutes, maybe ten if you want to drive at some exceeding speeds. Like anyway, me. fifteen okay. twenty minutes, yeah. they're separated from each other. And traditionally, for folks that don't know, 
they play each other the first game of the year every single year. So the fact they didn't play last year was just such a oddity, to say the least. And you've got two quality teams. Harrisburg and Cross County both made the playoffs last year. Both returned quite a bit of talent. Cross County has A.J. Beal, one of the more underrated players in the state, who did everything. Granted, if you're a 2A school, a player at a 2A school, you have to do just about everything. And he did just that on both sides of the ball last year, offense and defense. He's getting a look at D1 camps. I think he visited Arkansas's camp this summer. I know ASU is definitely probably looking at him as well, along with other schools there. So you've got A.J. Beal, like, pretty much headlining mm-hmm. Cross County. Harrisburg, you've got a lot of young talent. You've got guys like Samuel Moore at quarterback who's played a bunch of years for Her- for the Hornets. That's really been key to the Hornets turning things around. And then you've got two of the better younger head coaches in the area, with Cody Goulart with Cross County, you know, turning things around there pretty quickly, and then Aaron Thornton kind of rebuilding the Hornets. Because uh, for folks that don't know, the 2011, 2012 teams were pretty salty. And, yeah. like, Thornton has really kind of gotten the Hornets back to that level where they're in the mix there. Now, obviously, they want to kind of take that next step. Both want to contend for conference titles, so it's a really good gauge for both of them to kind of – see where they are to start the season. We're joined by Chris Hudgeson, uh, Sports Director, Region 8 News. Chris, so help me uh, delve into your Game of the Week picks. You know, uh, let's let's delve into the mind of Chris Hudgeson and how these decisions are made when it comes to picking the FFN Game of the Week. Sure. The, the best way I try to do this I always want to pick a game that's guaranteed to move the needle. Where if I pick a game, folks will be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Unlike the alternative, where I pick a game, everybody's like, why did you choose that? So it's a balancing act of making sure I pick a game that's guaranteed to move the needle, where I know people are going to be interested in just seeing how it's going to go. Then on the other side, you want to balance it between your big school and small school. So I try to have it where let's say typically game of the week, we have about 10. You don't, I don't count the playoffs because we rarely get a – I mean, last year was the exception. We rarely get two local teams facing off the playoffs, so we get about five. I try to have it where we have five of the bigger schools, so I count that as 6A, 5A, sometimes 4A, and kind of loop them in there, and then five of the smaller schools, so 3A, 2A schools. I, mean, I try to balance it so – the smaller schools kind of have the headline games, have a spotlight game, and then the bigger schools kind of have that big headline spotlight game. So, good chance next week for week two, I may go bigger school. Maybe there's a 6A, 5A matchup that I'm looking at to kind of go in that direction for game of the week. And also, I take results into account too. So, if we have a game between two really good teams for the conference title, there's a really good chance it's going to be our game of the week. So, Long story short, it's what game will move the needle, results, and then try to balance it between the big schools and the small schools. There you go. Yeah, because I know a lot of people. A lot of people ask, you know. And of course, as as we as you and I both know all too well, we can't please everybody all the time. <laughs> we just hope to please some people some of the time. Um, but. Uh, I want to shift gears for you. I want to ask you this on the Arkansas State level of things. Outside of the quarterback 
competition. What do you believe is the most interesting storyline going into game one with UCA? This is going to sound incredibly bizarre. And, and folk, like, folks will look at this and like, are you really thinking about this? I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about this. Trench play. Offensive and defensive lines going to be incredibly fascinating because there's been, to me, there's been the most change for the Red Wolves on the offensive and mm-hmm. defensive line. Because if you're looking at the linebackers in secondary, it's most of the same guys we saw last year. But we could have completely new look offensive line and defensive line for the season opener. You know, you brought in like you know Nick Lewis from Kentucky on the mm-hmm. offensive line. You bring in Kavon Bennett and John Mincy from Tennessee on the defensive line. If, if both of them don't start week one, I'll be incredibly surprised. But I think how ASU goes this year is going to be line play more than other years. Most years it's been like for us, like looking at it, it's like okay. Okay, how the quarterback goes is how Arkansas State goes, or how, maybe how the linebackers and secondary goes. How ASU is going to do this year is offensive and defensive line. If they can get the job done, the Red Wolves are going to have a good, really good year. And it's it's funny because I've had a lot of folks ask me, like, how do you think the Red Wolves are going to do this year? Most years, I have a pretty good kind of mm-hmm. gauge, and I'm not too far off of how it's going to be. This year's the most I have no idea what they're going to do. And that can be good or bad. I don't know. This is the most I don't know about this team since 2012. When Gus Malzahn showed up, but we had an idea they were going to be good. We didn't think they were going to be world beaters good. We didn't know that. This year is so much unknown of, well, they could be really, really good this year. But their schedule is absolutely brutal. So it's it's trying to kind of like kind of him and haw between both sides like, I really don't know. Flip side is the ones you don't know about and have the most mystery about make for the most compelling teams. So I'm hoping to see quite a few folks out there the first two home games, which it's been a while since Arkansas State has started the season with back-to-back home Mm -hmm. games. It's been a very, very long time. So hopefully folks will brave the heat because we always know the first two weeks are always the warmest at Centennial Bank Stadium. So hopefully folks brave the heat and make it make it to, to, to watch the Scarlet and Black. No doubt, no doubt. And, you know, that's something I've been preaching on this show, Chris, is is the trenches. You know, it's something in my mind that is, as much as football has evolved, the one thing I believe is the steady constant is always the game are won and lost in the trenches at any level. It, it truly is at any level. You could give me the greatest quarterback on the planet, but if he don't have time to throw, he's going to look very average or very subpar. Um, you know, and and so I agree with you. I think that that has been maybe one of the huge points of emphasis for Coach Jones and the staff since spring. I think he got a look at, at spring camp and said, okay, this is a problem. We better address this or we have no chance uh, in the fall. And I, I think that that's exactly what his thought process was. Uh, I'm not trying to speak for him, but I know football pretty well, and, and I think that that's what he thought. And uh, with almost 60 newcomers between spring to, to fall, it, it says a lot, and, and it, it has been addressed. You know, you mentioned Nick Collins, six foot ten. I had somebody ask me the other day, is he legitimate six foot ten? I said I stood on the field next to him. Oh, yes, he's legitimate six foot ten. That is one huge human being. Uh, when you're next to him. But I'll, I'll say this, Chris. I agree with you 110%. It's something I've said over and over on this show. I have people ask me multiple times daily, JC, what do you think this team's going to be about? And I, 
and I and I've said those same three words. I don't know. The potential is there when you look at the when you look at the uh, the tools in the toolbox. The potential is definitely there to to have a special season. But I haven't, just like you haven't, had an, had enough opportunities to see them in action to really gauge what this is really going to look like. And just to echo what uh, Coach Butch Jones has said all fall camp, this is the game of the unknowns. Yeah, and I'll say this. A-State has more than enough talent to start the season 2-0. I'll say that right now. Like, UCA, you should beat UCA. We're playing an FCS team. The Bears are going to be incredibly competitive. They're a legit FCS national championship contender. They are. How many teams can say that? They're legit contender. Mm -hmm. Memphis is Memphis. The game is always going to be a rivalry game. It's always going to be salty. A-State has enough talent to beat Memphis, and especially now with the coaching that we've seen and the level of detail that's there now. A-State has more than enough there to start 2-0. After that, I have no idea. Washington is salty. Tulsa is going to be salty. Mm -hmm. But then Sunbelt is going to be – with the exception, I think the, there's a couple games there's like, okay, A-State should, should win these. But a lot of the Sun Belt is going to be incredibly tricky to navigate, and especially how the schedule's constructed for the Red Wolves. You go on the road to Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. I have been to Statesboro. That mm-hmm. is hard to win there. The biggest benefit is Coastal, Louisiana, and App State all come to Jonesboro. And so that's the biggest plus for A-State's schedule this season, along with the, the favorable rest of the favorable home lineup, but going to South Al, that may be tricky with a new head coach. ULM, well, they can't get any worse than they did last year, so it's like they're not, I mean, they're not a tomato can, but like it's between tomato can and pushover there. <laughs> tomato can. <laughs> and then going to Georgia State, the Panthers are always kind of tricky to play. So yeah, and you're playing in I Turner Field. I mean, I mean Georgia State Stadium. Excuse me. Of course, the last trip there was zombie not a good one. It's called Zombie Zombie Turner Field. Yeah, it is what it is. I uh, sat in both stadiums. It is Zombie Turner Field. Oh man, um, six and six would not be a bad year for Arkansas State. As odd as that is to say that, with the standard that has been set over the last decade plus, like six wins would not be bad this year. It really wouldn't. But Obviously, the Red Wolves, that, that the, the, the players and coaches we've talked to, like obviously kind of have higher goals than that. But schedule-wise, it is what it is. The fascinating part is it's going to be a, an interesting ride to, 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 to be able to watch and cover it this season. So there is that. And, I mean, if you're in the area, you may want to go to a game. Well, Especially hey. Now, hopefully things are kind of relaxed with COVID and things like that. I know there may be some restrictions here and there, but if you're in Northeast Arkansas, you may want to check out a game. Well, and currently, You've got a D1 team in the backyard. You may want to may want to come out and support. Yeah, and currently, as we look at it, you got two top 25 teams on the schedule at home right now, and uh, that prime, that could very well be time. even more. <laughs> yeah, prime. I will say primish time because it's an ESPN U game, and we we always know kind of how the ratings are, but still. It's a Thursday night game. Your only competition is an NFL game. It's like, hey, and both of those games were home against legit top 25 teams. This isn't like, you know how folks get votes in the coaches poll and get the bottom of the top 25, and we think, eh, we don't think it's like really legit. It's like, you've got legit, legit top 25 teams coming here. So that in a favor- really favorable home schedule, 
homecoming in November, which is which is a good blessing and a curse. Blessing because the weather shouldn't be as hot. So that there's that on the flip side. So hopefully everything else cooperates there. But like in the times I've covered Arkansas State, this is easily the best home schedule they've had. Oh, there. Where you've got the good variety, 100%. you've got the in-state opponent, you've got the rivalry, and then you have the conference teams people have heard of coming here. Because we all know when the Sun Belt kind of expanded, there were a lot of teams people really didn't know about. The Coastal Carolinas when they first came in. Well, now we, well, we saw last year, everybody knows about the Shanta Clears now. And, of course, everybody knows about the Mountaineers. And, of course, the Raging Cajun rivalry needs no further explanation. So having those quality games here should help for 2021. Well, and that's what I was going to say. You you actually took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I've been covering the program for an extremely long time, and then also just as a kid uh, going to the games. Um, I, I am hard-pressed to think of a better schedule at home. Uh, I've I've really been trying to look back, but when you when you factor in, like you said, you got an in-state game, one. You've got a, a rivalry game against uh, a team – uh, in the FBS and, you know, and as they like to call it, Power Six in the AAC, that's a rival, but also a team not that far removed from a New Year's Six uh, game. Um, that's your first two games. And then you look at being able to have three teams that were either in the top 25 uh, at the end of the year or one that was and then was back out in on your home schedule and two of them are currently in the top 25. I mean, it, it's a it's a pretty and like you said, it's very daunting, but it is a hell of a home schedule. I mean, it's doable. I mean, the only I would say the only thing that may come remotely close to the schedule, maybe 2015, because you had an SEC team come to Jonesboro. I mean, that hasn't happened that often, but not with like that. Notwithstanding, I'm like, this is a pretty good home schedule. I'm like, it's it's right for, hey, attendance should be good, really good for all these games mm-hmm. that you would think. I mean, of course, we have to deal with November and, 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 and hunt season. Of course, we have to, oh, there's always that little drop-off, which is a thing that I've had to tell people that aren't from here. They're like, there's a drop-off because of hunting season? I'm like, yeah, that, that's just a thing. Like, it's a thing in Arkansas. But you've got a good home schedule. You've got a head coach that – is the most detail-oriented A-State coach that I've seen since Gus Malzahn. And that's saying something, because we've had really good quality coaches come through here, but the levels of detail that Butch Jones is operating with, the only coach I can compare him to is Gus Malzahn. Mm -hmm. Is just little things that we just haven't thought about. Or just, I mean, we've heard it from the players in terms of like, like body scan index things. That's, those are things we only hear about usually the power, the, the elite, the, the creme de la creme of the power five. Use terms like that, and we're hearing that here in the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. So seeing that level of detail, having the favorable home schedule, having a lot of talent back, and it's kind of that first kind of full year back since 2020 had all the COVID and all the restrictions and things like that. It's like, well, it's – hey – it's as close to having conditions for a full house as possible. No doubt. No doubt. Well, one last thing for you before I let you go. 
I got uh, we 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 got to throw a little wrestling chatter out there. You know, I, I had. Uh, I, I Are post- we sure we want to subject the people to this? Hey, hey, trust me. <laughs> hey, when, when, when we when we mention any wrestling, it goes bananas on this show. But uh, I, I put it out on rwrcradio.com over the weekend. We have a forum in there. It's called the Squared Circle. Hop on it. Chime in anytime you want. But um, you know, it's it, I have been a you know a, a casual wrestling fan of late. I used to be more of a fan, but I just got kind of tired of the same old same old stuff. And I, I've found myself saying, okay, I'm going to give AEW a shot. Uh, especially with the return of CM Punk and just, you know, you see guys like Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, you see Sting, you see these things. And um, um, I, I want to ask you, for, for you, uh, bigger return, CM Punk or Brock Lesnar? CM Punk, and it's not even close. I already knew where you were going. I've been an eight. I've been in, like, I, I, for folks that don't know, I am a wrestling junkie. I, like, now, there were a bunch of years the super senior years where I was kind of off the train. I just didn't really get into it. And I kind of got back into it because I went to the WrestleMania in Miami. Uh, my brother came up with the genius idea of having a bachelor party centered around WrestleMania. So we went to <laughs> Miami for the Rock versus Cena. And so that's kind of how I got back into wrestling was watching that. And so I think it was 2012, 13, yeah, it was 2012, 13 or whatever it was. And so I've kind of been back in it ever since. I've been all in on AEW since the very beginning because there were enough people I'd heard of. I'm a big Chris Jericho fan. Chris Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So once I heard he was going over to AEW, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch the jump just to see how this goes with him. So I've been you know, all in on AEW from the very beginning. And it, I, I think I said this on Twitter a bunch of weeks ago. I've enjoyed it because it rewards you for paying attention to the little things and the details and the storylines. And they bring up storylines from 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And if you remember those, AEW rewards you for it. And so it's those kind of things. Now, when they had kept teasing CM Punk, CM Punk, I was like, all right, I know I'm still going to watch y'all if he doesn't show up. But I know a lot of people who may not watch you at all because he doesn't show up. <laughs> and so it was kind of the whole cherry on top. Oh, he did show up, so all these teases were true. And so seeing that was amazing. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Like, I try to avoid wrestling spoilers on Twitter because of my work schedule. And so I try to watch you – know, I watch the, the, the raw clips on YouTube and you know, same thing with NXT and, and, and SmackDown on, on those Friday nights. So I essentially avoid Twitter or anything wrestling related. So like I try to avoid who's trending on Twitter because I don't want to get spoiled and things like that. And even though my lovely wife will like try to spoil things on Twitter, like she'll see stuff on Twitter and say, Hey, do you want to hear about this? I'm like, no, like, I want to watch this and kind of be surprised. About it. So the CM Punk surprise was kind of that whole, we are rewarding you for this is what you've been wanting to see for over a year and a half. And we are rewarding you for it. The Brock Lesnar return was cool just how they mapped it, and I was perfectly fine with that. The Becky Lynch one was mm-hmm. like, yay, but y'all buried Bianca Belair in the process. And I've liked Bianca Belair since you've been on NXT. That was, just that was very anticlimactic. Very anticlimactic. At the end of the day, they do, the vol- they do, they do Tennessee Volunteers dirty. That's how it ends up <laughs> I should just know. But... <laughs> 
I mean, she she was a track star for the Vols. She was. She they was. That's a true story. Um, true story. It was just how it was just how they mapped it as like y'all could have done this so much better. I was like, uh, like, like WWE needs a common sense writer on the show. What can you put in the show that just makes common that just makes common sense? <laughs> AEW has figured this out a very long time ago. It's like put things in there people want to see. And then write storylines that make a little bit of sense and how it's mapped out. And map out a storyline that you don't bury your talent in the process. Yep. I, I agree. And, and that's been part of why I've kind of waned a little bit. Uh, I have had the privilege of seeing uh, an AEW event in person uh, early on, early on over in South Haven. Um, but I, I'm, I'm making a concerted, uh, concerted effort, Chris, to pay attention, I, I did watch last night. I'm paying, and uh, I'm trying to get back into it and give AEW a shot. So uh, we'll we'll have to uh, to follow up and chat on this. Uh, but uh, anyway, well, brother, I appreciate you, man, jumping on board. We'll have to do this more often. The best time of the year is now. Uh, FFN, one more time, uh, lay it out for the listening and viewing FFN. fam. Absolutely. The FFN preseason special tonight, 10-15 on KAIT, KAIT.com and the Region 8 News app. We'll preview, break down 6A, 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A teams. Then season 28 of Football Friday Night kicks wow. off Friday, 10-15 on KAIT, KAIT.com and on the Region 8 News app. All right, brother. Keep up the good work and I'll see you soon. All right. See you next time. That's our man, Chris Hutchinson, Sports Director, Region 8 News. Always a pleasure catching up with Chris. And to be honest, we could we could do hours. Uh, he and I could do hours of, of the show together. Uh, just uh, we've known each other for a very long time. Uh, but uh, anyway, appreciate Chris. They do a fantastic job. I'm excited for FFN. And uh, their game of the week, Harrisburg, Cross County. Yeah, huh? The, the revival of the rivalry. Uh, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome little coin, coined phrase there. 1145, we went long, but I don't care. It's an 1812 Pizza Company throwback Thursday. RWRC Radio, listed and sold by Dustin White Realty. Live here in the Unico Bank Studios right here on 96.9. The ticket. We're going to see what we can get in. Five random facts by the numbers. Damn, man, really, we're going to try to fit them all in. We'll be back. <laughs> 